welcome to episode number 35 of True Cult Pop. It is a music podcast. My name's Stephen Hill. I hope you're really, really good. On this week's show, we're obviously, say we, hold on, I'm <laughs> going to be talking about Royal Blood. Of course I fucking am. Going to be talking about new music, music I've been listening to recently from Rancid, The Dirty Nil, Bar Italia, Adult DVD, be careful when you Google that band's name. And it won the Twitter poll. So I guess I'm cashing in my tokens to talk about Sleep Token. Now, um, when I went we, slip of the tongue there, and then went, oh, actually, it's me. Um, I should, before we get into the show properly, uh, what I would usually at this point be bringing in my friend and compadre and wonderful co-host mr sam slight instead bonjour's just run down the stairs and she's come over to me hello bonjour um but sam isn't here and um you if you have been listening for the last month or so will have maybe um have heard sam chatting before about the, the sort of the sheer workload of um what's been going on with the podcast for him uh, juggling this and his full-time job and you might have heard him saying about uh difficult personal circumstances that he's going through at the moment and how he was going to kind of step away from it but come back um you know we haven't fallen out just to reiterate you probably heard the podcasts that we've put out this week we put a true crap pop out on muses simulation theory me and sam and that was good and we also put out a review on the avenged sevenfold album life is but a dream which comes out today if you're listening to this podcast today and um really really enjoyed doing it we also have something which is going out half for free and half on our patreon page patreon.com forward slash true cult pop uh, regarding the mad mad world of the klf which comes out tomorrow um we were all set to do the podcast this week um, and then today as uh, you know a few hours before I was ready to do it and we'd agreed to do it um, Sam gave me a call and listen it's not really my place to talk about the things that is happening in Sam's life at the moment but basically I'm really quite sad about this and there's genuinely genuinely no kind of hard feelings uh or ill feeling or bad blood between either of us but sam just can't do the podcast anymore and if you're listening mate it's been fucking great to have you as my co-host in the the few months that we had it absolutely fucking great and i love doing it i fucking really love you man and I really hope you're all right. I really genuinely, genuinely do hope you're right. And um, like I say, it's not uh, it's not my place to talk about um, what what was happening in Sam's personal life. But he doesn't feel like he can do the show anymore. And I'm really, really gutted. I'm really, really, really gutted. Um, this is not going to be one of these situations where, um, you know, you'll hear me making snide comments or bad mouthing sam in the future like i may or may not have done with previous uh podcast hosts i'm I'm absolutely definitely not going to do that um your physical mental health your well-being um your happiness in your life is 
the most important thing and it takes precedent over everything and anything and that's not just for for sam that's for you listening for anyone anyone you always make sure you know if something becomes too hard or uh you know it's something you feel like you don't want to do or you can't do or it's becoming a a drain on your life then you you shouldn't do it and you know i have no uh cause or reason to feel angry or up you know well i do feel upset but to feel kind of um betrayed in any way by the fact that sam has just turned around and said this is too much for me it's too much for him and so um yeah basically that's why it's just me here on my own this week um and i wanted to put some out some out for you guys just so that you knew and because there's plenty of stuff for us to talk about so it probably won't be as long as it would have been but uh unfortunately sam um is always 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 going to be welcome to come on the podcast whenever he wants to come on the podcast he will always be welcome uh and he knows that and we're fucking totally cool um and i just hope i just hope he's like sam if you're listening i hope you're okay i hope you're all right and you know if ever you need anything from me you can have it um and i will i will always you're my friend and i'm always will help you so um it's a bit of a weird way to start the show admittedly and it's going to be a bit of a weird show because it's another one of those ones where i am basically monologuing along which i know is maybe a little bit draining for some people because you know even i think my voice is fucking annoying so god lord only knows how you lot feel but um yeah that's what's happening um it's a real shame it's a real shame but you know i think you know sam's been dealt a a a rough hand this year and um also just as an aside if you've ever been one of those people and i've seen some people who have questioned like oh i wish it was better it was back in better back in the old days better when it was this it's better than that uh you're fucking dead to me all right so um (laughs) there you go don't listen you're not welcome here fuck off um because uh, sam brought i think brought loads to this podcast he was fucking brilliant um it was an absolute pleasure he was so fucking open-minded i mean the shit when people i've seen people saying oh he's so close sam's the most is the most open-minded person about music that i have ever done a podcast with full fucking stop he is i was chucking shit at him like fucking left field and little yorty and black pink stuff that he knew nothing about and he came to it with an open mind and wanting to see the best of it and that is like the 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 perfect way to approach this podcast that is exactly what i wanted and i'm fucking delighted that uh that i found someone who did that it's a shame that you know outside influences have conspired and uh, you know like again this podcast broadly it's just not important and if you know him being happy in his life is more important so um thanks sam thanks for like helping me out when i was in a fucking right bind previously uh it's been nothing but an absolute joy and a pleasure and a privilege to have you on the show and you know full well that you are invited back whenever you want to come back so anyway let's move on and i will talk about a few things that i've been listening to i'll talk about a few little bits and bobs that have been in the news i'll point you in the direction as i said true crap pop if you look on the the feed for this try and find the worst album ever made me and sam went in on simulation theory by muse this week i think it's a pretty good chat i'm going to try and get back on the old true crap pop i mean obviously you know i don't know what's going to be going on at the moment equally i'm not really 
quite sure what's going to be happening to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash truecockpop. If you want to sign up, you can sign up for any amount. And uh, there's a new thing I'm going to be explaining tomorrow. If you listen to this podcast, that comes out tomorrow, there will be a new thing and it will explain a bunch of stuff about uh, a new idea that I've had for our Patreon page, which I'm quite excited about. Um, uh, but anyway, I'm going to save that for tomorrow. You'll hear it tomorrow or whenever you get that particular podcast. So do enjoy that. Um, and we've also, if you sign up for the £5 tier on our Patreon page, um, we had a deep dive on the career of Killing Joke. I fucking love Killing Joke. They are, I would say, the most metal of the original post-punk bands. You know, if you think of somebody like The Cure and Pill and Joy Division and uh, and all those all those chaps, Gang of Four, I feel like Killing Joke are the most metal ones. So hence why, uh, you know, kind of traditionally I very much... Uh, was drawn to Killing Joke and uh, Sam and I went through the album to start with, the most underrated album, the album to avoid, uh, the glorious comeback album and the essential Killing Joke album whilst also talking about various other things uh, in the Killing Joke discography which is a fucking wonderful discography. Over 15 albums, there's not a lot of stuff that you would uh, you'd give a swerve to. There are a couple of things that you'd give a swerve to but not so many. So if you want to go and listen to that, it is, like I say, patreon.com forward slash true cult pop. Cheers for that, everyone. So anyway, usually um, we talk about uh, a song that had been stuck in my head I'm just basically going to go through a bunch of stuff that I've been listening to I'll tell you one song that has been stuck in my head just from listening to it just prior to when I went on holiday uh, No Easy Way Out by Robert Tepper uh, from the Rocky Four soundtrack I might save it dude I might just do a classic album on the, the Rocky Four soundtrack at some point because it is pretty much the most 80s thing that has ever happened so I've been listening to that quite a lot but I'll talk um, about that uh, a little bit more there's a few little bits and bobs that i want to go through first of all let's do the nice stuff first i am dead excited that there are two new code orange songs i feel a little bit seen that's what the kid says isn't it oh oh i feel seen because uh it was code orange are gonna uh, uh cuss out modern music critics was a, a youtube video that they put up which was quite long and it was just a bloke sat on a chair with uh, some over their head and then two people coming in and doing all kinds of um torturous things to this person before we got a little bit of a snippet of music and i watched that and i did think they don't mean me do they i gave them 10 out of 10 in metal they can't they're not going to do that to me are they i don't think they are going to do that to me um but uh, and i don't really know exactly what that video is about but then that's kind of the beauty of code orange you don't really know exactly what's going on all the time but you're kind of somehow weirdly drawn to the just chaotic magnificence of it all and then a couple of days later which would be as i record today as i record funnily enough actually um we got two new songs from code orange over five minutes in a 53 second period of brilliant brutality grooming my replacement and the game um both of them under three minutes long so uh you know very very quick short punchy stabs of molten metal inspired hardcore from code orange um there's some proper dimebag daryl riffing on these songs really fucking ace like really really fucking ace i um i love that kind of great song tranquil squealy uh and even like kind of early machine head you know early kind of rob flynn guitar work i think jamie's voice sounds better than it's ever sounded um jamie is now obviously made the move away from the the kit live and so 
you know he's going to be kind of judged solely as a vocalist these days and i think he sounds fucking ferocious on these two songs um they are a little bit more straightforward they are a bit more you know the kind of the glitchy stuff is there a little bit but not to the same kind of dizzying extent that we got on uh on under on underneath and forever i i think that this feels like a, a sensible evolution for code orange i am so fucking excited to hear what they're going to do particularly having you know been speaking about the recent Avenged sevenfold album and how weird and wild that is i i i pray for a day where we get big metal bands just doing the maddest shit so i feel like i don't even want to judge this because i feel like there will be i mean i really like it so i'm happy to judge it as very good but i don't want to judge it in terms of like oh what will this say about the album who fucking knows because they're one of the few bands in super heavy music i think you know along with maybe napalm death uh, i'm gonna say avenge now um we just go well i don't really know what might be coming next and that's always really really exciting um so i am very very keen to hear new code orange material i mean no one's surprised by that, are they? No one's actually surprised that I want to hear new Code Orange material. Um, but anyway, very, very happy to see Code Orange sort of back, coming back. That's great. Um, let's talk about Royal Blood. Or let me talk to you about Royal Blood. Royal Blood played the Radio 1 Big Weekend uh, Music Festival. Is it a festival? I'm not even sure. A gig, basically, um, in Dundee. Um a few days ago and you probably have seen the clip that's gone viral on the internet the, the outrage that it's caused uh as royal blood sandwiched in between lewis capaldi and one of one direction it's no horan it's no horan from one direction I'm gonna, I'm gonna respect one direction um and no horan uh sandwiched in between no horan and lewis capaldi were royal blood now the clip of royal blood playing this you've definitely seen it haven't you you've already seen it i mean it's mad to think that i know you've seen it when it is so just just nothing Do you know what i mean it's just absolutely nothing it's so kind of just shrug worthy in every way uh royal blood are playing this festival and mike kerr goes uh, I guess we should introduce ourselves because no one actually knows who we are. We're Royal Blood and this is rock music. Who likes rock music? And then when people cheer, uh, he says, nine people, brilliant. And uh, then he introduces Ben Thatcher on drums and Ben Thatcher uh, doesn't get a massive cheer and he spits some tequila. Uh, Patron as well. That's expensive stuff, the Patron. So don't be spitting that out. You know, that's a, that, like you go to a London bar, Ben Thatcher spat out, I'm going to say about, 24 pounds worth of patron from his mouth i reckon um anyway uh that doesn't matter that's fine it's it's his patron he can do with it whatever he wants um and uh, yeah and uh he sort of spits it out and um and they sound like pathetic absolutely pathetic pathetic clapping and then it cuts to later on and he tries to get the camera around to clap for for them and he does and he says that was a better clap than you what what does that say about you what does that say about you well uh, I mean, we'll get into what it says about the audience in a little bit. And then uh, when they walk off, they, uh, Mike Kerr walks off with his with his fingers up in the air, two middle fingers, and then he, he walks off. 
and uh, this apparently now in 2023 as we sit here and speak is considered shocking behavior um let's start with royal blood because the internet's lost its fucking mind so but let's let's start with royal blood firstly uh yeah what royal blood did was a bit naff and it's particularly naff because when you look at it i you know i wasn't there and i think it is quite different when you are in the field and also when you're watching something on television and so it might have been hard to gauge the reaction overall i can't imagine the bbc would waste their time adding in extra clapping and extra whooping for royal blood just to make them look like liars but i did hear the kind of cheer when he said who likes rock music and it did feel like quite a few people did actually cheer i mean they didn't go mental but they cheered enough you would think that you know so the rea- and the reaction to hey we're royal blood and people went way it was it was fine i mean people are there for lewis capaldi they're not there for you really i mean i know it's a festival day or they just they maybe bought tickets before the lineup was even announced but i don't think you can really expect uh, a massive festival crowd at all to be solely there for you right am i am i mad in thinking that i don't think i am am i i don't think i am so i thought it was a bit weird that they reacted like that at all so yes that is weird now what i would say in that scenario is if you are going to be weird and react like that and you don't like the crowd i think you're a bit harsh to like the crowd to be perfectly honest but if you are going to react like that really pissed them off like really really pissed them off i would have had far more respect for royal blood if mike kerr had got off stage gone to the front row and spat in someone's face and said i saw you should have been clapping i saw you weren't clapping fuck you and smash him in the face that would have been you i would have gone oh wow he really didn't like that and bloody hell rock and roll he gobbed in some he flobbed in someone's face or just gone we're not gonna play any songs for you and ben thatcher had then stuck his drumsticks down the end of his cock or something do you know what i mean if if you're gonna get annoyed and do some sort of protesty thing do something really fucking extreme do something really memorable greg from dillinger shat in a bag and then rubbed it on his own chest uh danita sparks from l7 threw a fucking used tampon in the crowd like when when the when they were getting dog's ear abuse back in the day i just think you know we shouldn't even really be talking about royal blood because this is you can't put this next to you know iggy pop smearing peanut butter all over his chest or marilyn manson cutting himself and then chucking you can't really compare those two things because they're just they're just not the same not even really it barely qualifies as a tantrum it barely even qualifies as a tantrum and i am to move on to the reaction to it i am genuinely shocked as to why i've even seen this clip like why have i even seen this clip i've seen stuart lee do this at the royal albert hall do 10 times worse than this just deliberately alienate the audience look it's all right to alienate your audience if you want to alienate your audience you can do that I mean, the the other thing would be to that people said well, you could play really hard and try and win people over. 
yeah, you can do that. I mean, in these scenarios, Napalm Death would do that. Napalm Death are a band who play Glastonbury, TFI Friday, BBC um, stages, weird festivals that they've been booked for as kind of a quote-unquote joke, whatever. And Napalm Death never turn up and go, oh, you all think we're the butt of the joke. Fuck you, we're grindcore. Don't you know what grindcore is? And weirdly napalm death always seem to go down really well at these festivals because barney calls everyone friends and says hey friends we're all here together and, and you know and actually tries to kind of appeal to him so i think that is probably the most sensible way to approach these gigs probably but if you're not going to do that and you are going to be antsy and arsy i would do something quite extreme not this which is nothing and seeing people talk about this is disgusting this band are so unprofessional and rude. And it's like, they're not serving you at TGI Friday. Like, if I got a plumber around to sort out my fucking sink or whatever, and he just walked in and went, ooh, do you not know about plumbing, you wanker, and then stuck his finger up and walked off, I'd go, well, that was rude. I'm not going to be, I'm going to give you a very, very poor review on trustpilot.co.uk. I am not going to be booking you again. I'm going to be going to someone else at rated people or whatever like what an unprofessional man if i got on the bus or the train or something and the guy went oh, oh, you want a ticket fuck off you wank oh you know about tickets dear wanker and then stuck his finger up at me i'd go that's very very unprofessional but you know i'm not i'm not fucking getting a nando's off this these people they're just playing music they're just playing music and expressing themselves and they obviously felt like that at that moment I don't really have a problem with it. I think it's a little bit babyish. I think it is a little bit babyish. But that should be the kind of be-all and end-all of it, really, shouldn't it? It shouldn't be like, oh, my God, they're so unprofessional. You know, in a fucking rock band. Of course they're unprofessional. Like, they're not... Rock bands aren't necessarily meant to... They don't have to be professional. And I know some... I think there's a, there's a lot of inverse snobbery going on here. Because Royal Blood are from a nice part of Brighton. And their debut album went to number one. And it was played on... Uh, Radio won quite a lot and they were at the Brits and you know they got a kind of the, the very very big very very quickly and now people are pointing out you know quite rightly maybe that they just rip off Death of Above 1979 and rehash shitty unused Queens of the Stone Age riffs and they're not actually a very good band and look look at the way they dress listen to their accents I mean I don't like Royal Blood. But by the same token, not only do I not like Royal Blood, I, well, no, hold on, I don't like Royal Blood, but the reason I, like, I don't like Royal Blood is because I don't really care for their music, right? Nothing else. I don't care about how they dress. I don't care about where they got to in the charts. I don't care about how they got to the charts. I don't care uh, what they think their music is called. All of that stuff is irrelevant. I saw somebody on the internet go, when somebody said, well, well look what someone like Greg Pachato or Axel Rose did. And someone said, I think you can get away with a lot if your music is good. And I want to thank that person for being the arbiter of what is and isn't good. Thank you so much, random person on the internet, for telling us what we are allowed to like and what we're not allowed to like. Our royal blood are pretentious for thinking they're rock music and saying that they're that you know that the they're important and you must treat them wonderfully when they're playing at a festival with Lewis Capaldi that's pretentious but you being the sole person who gets to decide whether or not something is uh is critically worthwhile no no you are not pretentious at all definitely not definitely not i just think it is fucking hilarious 
Royal blood are babies. They're big fucking babies for doing what they did. That's it. In the words of Roy Keane, babies. Just get on with the babies. Um, but if you saw that and got annoyed, guess what? You're a fucking baby as well. And I wager, were you to be in the same position, you might not even have the bottle to actually do it on stage, but you'd probably walk off stage and go, because oh, that is the sort of person who gets offended at the idea of royal blood. If you're getting offended about this, I would suggest that your offence comes from um, a, a dislike of royal blood that, and you just you just want to dislike them. I don't think you're actually upset by this. I think it's really fucking weird. I don't think you're actually upset by this. Just like I don't think you actually believe that Taylor Swift should come out and go, sorry for going out with the man from the 1975. And I don't think you actually believe that Roger Waters went, I, I think I'm going to dress up as a Nazi today and, and I'm going to go out and just let everyone know what a big bloody Nazi I am. I don't think anyone actually believes that. And um, I feel a bit bad taking this time in the podcast to talk about things that are just stupid, worthless, internet, gossipy bullshit. But um, the royal blood thing got so mad that I was like, well, should probably talk about it a little bit. So those are my thoughts on that. It's a complete fucking non-event. Um, and royal blood, if you are listening, next time, set fire to your pubes or, you know, shit in each other's mouths or do something like... I mean, you know, and to, to fucking really annoy people, if, if that's the best you've got, it's not good enough. Although, annoyingly, it has proven to be good enough because loads of people are moaning about it. Ah, oh, it is a little bit depressing. Anyway, um, fuck that. We don't want to talk about that. I've got a few things that I was going to review and talk about um, in the show, and I'm still going to do that because I have been listening to them, and I think there's a few things that I don't want to have passed you by because they are really good i want to start by talking about the brand new album from rancid tomorrow never comes the 10th studio album from punk rock legends rancid the band who made and outcome the wolves this is the follow-up to their 2017 album troublemaker which i thought was quite good now i'm not sure if i have actually mentioned it before but rancid and outcome the wolves album is pretty good it's pretty good that album it is very very good it's so good that they've never topped it and neither is anyone else uh, and they never will but that's fine because a rancid know that and b they still release albums every time they do release an album every five years or so with a few bangers to add to their set as long as their set keeps getting longer and they don't take out anything from out kind of walls we're golden chaps we're fine rancid are one of those bands where i am completely happy to have new material from them. I'm completely happy to listen to it for a bit. Uh, I'm kind of happy to then forget about the majority of it and just go back to the very best album that anyone has ever released ever. And let's go and life won't wait as well. So, you know, good for them. But, you know, I think there is definitely more to Rancid than that. And I think what we have here with this record is an album which is both Classic Rancid in the way that you would completely expect Rancid to be Rancid at this point in their career. And also a record which is slightly different to their other records, whilst also harking back to a rather specific time in their career. For me, the record that this is most comparable to is their second self-titled album from 2000. Now, back then, 
they had only done one, two, three, four, five albums, right? They'd done five albums. So that was their fifth album. And there was still quite a lot of ground sonically, I think, for them to mine and to push towards. And that album was a sort of pushback of a record. It was a kind of reaction to uh, the summary, more poppy, more instantaneous, more upbeat, reggae-inspired album, Life Won't Wait, which, you know... um, I think it's the second best Rancid album. I think it's fucking brilliant. I love that record. I love that music anyway. Um, but the 2000 self-titled album had a lot of inspiration from sort of proper hardcore. You know, dead short songs, very angry songs, very fast songs. All kind of inspired a bit by Poison Idea and Discharge, but with Lars Fredrickson and Tim Armstrong on vocals, which means that you get a fairly different flavour from, you know, those bands. There's one song on that album the single the very excellent single let me go which i think sounded like a big rancid single and that was basically it and i think we've got something pretty close to that on this album here because the songs are short here right you know they are very very short rancid have been making short songs since the start of their career so you know they are an oi punk band you're not going to get some sort of elongated prog rock masterpiece from them. the songs is short but for me they are a little bit faster, a little bit angrier, a little bit harder than the last couple of albums, and maybe a little bit more than that than Classic Rancid. I would say certainly not to the extent of the 2000 album, certainly not. But for me, they're at their best when they do that chant along, punch the air, dual vocal, we're best mates, we're a gang, walking bass lines, oi punk. Um, Matt Freeman does get in on the act on the vocals a bit on the song like prisoner which i think is actually a very very good song i've always found matt freeman's vocals to be just pretty hilarious to be honest just like he's got a very uh he's got a very unique voice and whilst tim armstrong is um simultaneously the best singer ever and the worst singer ever i don't think matt freeman ever gets that uh best singer ever um thing in the same way that tim armstrong does you know, like, I don't mind Matt Freeman popping up briefly. Uh, it's quite, you know, their very, very first album with him being there quite a lot is is a bit more difficult, I would say. But ultimately, you know, everything on here is pretty short and sweet. It's got some cracking songs on it. And I think the deeper they get into the career, the more I'm happy with, you know, getting a rancid album, which is 30 odd minutes long, which is what this is, it's sort of 30, uh, 30, I think I remember sort of 32, 33 minutes long. And I'm more than happy with that. 33 minutes of just rancid, sounding like rancid, with maybe kind of one particular hark back to a certain era of them as a band. Um and you know, some of this isn't them at their absolute best. But enough of it is. Enough of it is for them to get a pass here. I mean, I'll pretty much always give rancid a pass. And I think what I like about Rancid as a band is they know what they are and who they are and where they stand. Hence why it's all right to get an album and go, you know, half of this is really, really good. Half of this is really cool. The other half is, you know, fine, but I don't really think I'm going to be going back to it when I could be putting on As Wicked or Ruby Soho or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So that's all right. Uh, It wouldn't be all right if they were going to go out and play this album in full on tour. But they're not. They're not going to do that. Uh, They're going to put one or two or maybe three of them into the live set. They're going to probably take out 
a bit of stuff from Honor is all we know or Troublemaker. They're not going to take anything out from Let's Go or Outcome of Wolves. And hence, I am fucking totally fine and totally okay with this. 16 songs. The longest one's New American, which is 2 minutes and 38 seconds long. And that's sort of... That's sort of perfect. I mean, I would imagine you sort of it, you sort of know if you're a fan of Rancid, what you're going to get. If you don't like this band, this isn't going to change your mind. If you love this band, I think you'll have a pretty nice time with this record. Um, I think it's maybe not quite as good as the last one, but I think it's maybe better than Honor Is All We Know, the one before. So, you know... I think that's good. I think it means they're in a pretty decent place in their career. I, I think in terms of highlights, it starts really well. I think it starts dead good. The opening one to the title track, which is just brilliantly angry career in punk rock, really, really raw. And um, there's a, a, a riff on the next song called Mud, Blood and Gold, which actually sounds like a NerfX riff. And it's weird for a band who have covered NerfX quite famously, obviously. Um, it's a very odd sounding song for them. It's rhythmically kind of quite all over the place, considering they are, you know, pretty straight rhythmically as a band. And, you know, Tim and Lars sing over top of each other. I mean, I always love Tim and Lars when they're splitting different vocal lines but they actually sing the same line and almost kind of harmonize over each other and i think that is that is really really cool um don't make me do it is really good as well that's 58 seconds of like warp speed super fast punk i think that's really good again you know kind of harks back to that 2000 era thing forever uh, live forever is cool as well um again the backing vocals on that are fucking brilliant you do have super catchy vocals all over rancid albums um i really like the kind of rockabilly thing that they often do you get that on one-way ticket um again like i mentioned rancid being a gang and not a band and you kind of you really really feel that on that song i think that's fucking great uh there is a lot of excellent matt freeman bass lines matt freeman is awesome he's fucking awesome he's one of the all-time great bass players and just chuck on the song eddie the butcher don't necessarily think it is the best song on the record but the bass line is fucking great it's a driving sort of hardcore sounding song Tim Armstrong does some solo um, spoken word section. There is a, a, a spoken word section in that. Really, really cool. I mean, look, you know, Rancid do a Rancid album. Like I say, you already know whether or not you like this. Um, you either really, really like Rancid and you'll probably go, oh, this is, this is cool. This is really good. I'm glad I'm listening to this. Or you don't like Rancid and you've won the Silly Billy Awards. And you should really like Rancid. And that is, you know, that is a, a, a failing um of yours that you need to deal with i would suggest going to some sort of some sort of counselor some sort of professional help and sorting yourself out because you really should like rancid they're one of the fucking best punk bands in history as far as i'm concerned and this is a it's a good record this is a good good record i will say i think it's better than peers wise it's better than the last couple of bad religion albums it's better than anything i mean it's better than enema of the state by blink 182 but maybe i'm biased uh, it's better than, I mean, it's better than that, like, far, far better than that last Offspring album. It is, I think it's maybe not quite as good as that last NoFX album, which was actually very good. Um, it is, I mean, it's better than anything Green Dead put out since, well, forever, for a fucking long time. Um, and it's, it's good. 
it is good. So uh, there you go. Tomorrow Never Comes by Rancid. It comes out today if you're listening to this podcast, the day that it comes out. I also want to talk to you about Free Reigned Passions by The Dirty Nil, which is the fourth studio album from the Ontario, Canada-based alt-rock punks, the follow-up to their 2021 album Fuck Art, which came out right at the start of that year and meant that I basically sort of forgot about it because it came out super early in the year. Um, annoying because it is good. I went back to it after listening to this. It is really good. I've always been a really big fan of this band. I all the way back to their debut album Higher Power, which came out in 2016. They are really, really good. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Dirty Nil, they're a band who basically mix Weezer, Nirvana, Sugar, and I guess kind of venom riffs occasionally, like metal riffs, with this awesomely goofy love of pure rock and roll cliches and slacker stoner attitudes and vibes they are losers in the very best possible way i do think it is a shame that they haven't really crossed over to a bigger audience um but they haven't uh and those who know they fucking know because you don't really meet many people who know of the dirty nil who don't go that band are fucking great they're a they're a they hark back to a time, you know, like I said, the, the kind of the Huskadoo and Nirvana and Everclear and all that shit that got really big and was so beloved in the late 80s into the early 90s and beyond. And then just suddenly, like, we didn't want it anymore. I say we. Society didn't want it anymore. And it's a, it's a shame because there's an alternate universe where the Dirty Nil are absolutely fucking massive. And it's a better one. It is a better universe. The opening song has this old school Metallica riff on it. And then it goes into this kind of swaggering, sneering, gum-chewing call that they do. It's brilliant. Um, Nicer Guy is just a fucking banger. It sounds like the mending has gone thrash. Really, really great. Uh, Underfeet is great too. There's a backing vocal where someone says, what the hell happened? Just keep shouting that in the background. It's brilliant. Land of Clover is exceptional. Like fucking absolute banger. Gold star banger. The riff is brilliant. It's a choppy chainsaw riff. It is so good. And it has got an earworm of a chorus. It's one of the best rock songs of 2023 it's fucking great you will love it you will if you're listening and you're going i like alternative rock and you may have already heard this if you haven't land of clover it's it's so great it's so so great um as for the highlights stupid jobs is fucking hilariously great as well um it's this obnoxiously adolescent dream of fucking off your boss and just doing something else in in this instance playing the guitar and um it's really funny and really fun and it's probably not to be taken entirely seriously but it's also yeah it's really funny um i really love the title track as well it's got this killer like if you can imagine acd acd acdc i think that's what they call them these days acdc writing if they were trying to write like a sort of proper harsh like Washington DC hardcore song that is what it would sound like it is fucking great 
really really great it's another again much like rancid it's um and apart from the the billion millions and millions of cells uh a really really awesome dirty nil album isn't it yeah it is that's what it is you need to get on this band you really do need to get on this band because they are fucking great and it's such a shame i mean i I imagine if you're listening you probably are aware of them and you probably like them um tell your mates so come on your mates are slacking because somebody's not listening to this band and it ain't me and i don't reckon it's you either so come on guys we together we can do this they are they are really really great they are really really great every album is brilliant they've got four albums all four of them are just killer just absolutely killer what a great band what a great band and i you know actually before i do move on from the dirty nil um i may be guilty like i say because i don't go back and listen to that last album fuck art that much i may be guilty of taking it for granted a little bit so sorry about that anyway free reigns to passions by dirty nil is out now as is tracy denham by bar italia this is the third full-length album from the london-based post indie band the follow-up to their 2021 album bedhead i just kind of happened upon this band this album actually came out on the 19th of may 2023 so it's been out a couple of weeks now and i can't remember what playlist some sort of playlist that was sent to me from spotify and i was not familiar with this band but i heard the song nurse which is the second song on this record so basically what what you've got here you've got 15 tracks um and nothing's super long on the record i think the longest song on the record is mrs morality which is four minutes and 12 seconds long and what this essentially is 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 actually quite a laid back quite slight um quite lackadaisical but beautiful sounding lo-fi indie rock album it manages to do a kind of post rocky thing of you know letting space and time and chords ring out it's quite a quiet record whilst also having quite a lot going on nurse is a brilliant song it's fucking brilliant it's kind of um it's got dual vocals a kind of female and male vocal line it has big kind of ringing mark hollis-esque guitar parts very very slight sounding jazzy drum beats and it's just you know when you listen to music on your headphones and whether or not the song is good something can just sound delicate and beautiful and lovely uh this album does that it does that kind of all the way through it's only you know i mean it's it's not long at all it's not long i think it's like 39 minutes actually bear with me while i find out exactly how long it is because i want to get this completely right yeah it is uh oh they fucking vanished off my spotify that's great news um fuck it doesn't matter does it doesn't actually matter how long it is it's not that long that's what i would say um oh here we go hold on give me two seconds it is and i quite it's 43 minutes and 43 seconds that is some great symmetry they've done there um yeah it sort of reminds me throughout this this album of like a kind of shortened version of spirit of eden talk talk but played by radiohead but also with kind of dry era pj harvey so it's almost like in rainbows radiohead does a short version of spirit of eden but then pj harvey comes in during dry 
to try and record it it's really really good really good i want to particularly i don't know the names of the various members but i want to shout out the drummer uh whoever the drummer is because there are times where i feel like this record could maybe become a bit louder a bit noisier a bit more kind of chaotic and it sort of never does that because the drums are always very very light it's a real light touch on the drums and i think that gives it a kind of um gives it a tension gives it a really kind of cool tension that uh that some of these albums just don't have they just don't have uh so i'm i'm fucking bang into this i think it's well good i've listened to it about three or four times uh having just discovered it i think it is very very good i would go and listen to it if i were you they're from london they're called bar italia and the album is called tracy denham um so you know i think go and listen to that if you get a chance also uh, I want to tell you about Adult DVD, Fountain of Youth. It's a brand new EP from the Leeds bass band. They don't have a full length album out yet. Uh, there's a, there are six pieces, six debt, who formed in lockdown just because they had a bunch of synths sort of hanging around. Um, they're essentially a kind of indie synth pop band. And I listened to one of their singles last year, which is actually on this EP, Bill Murray. Uh, and it's super fucking catchy. It's so catchy. It's got this kind of LCD sound system, indie dance punk feel to it. So I was very, very interested to hear this when it came out. I do think that the song Bill Murray, which is the second song on the record, is just such a joy. It's such an absolutely ludicrous, silly banger. Big, bloopy singing synth, some really cool bass throbs some ridiculous lyrics about bill murray bill murray tom and tom hanks wearing a hat and tom hanks in castaway or maybe i've got the lyrics on the wrong way it's definitely like mentioned bill murray and tom hanks but it's really really catchy um and it sort of it, it, it eases you in a little bit because the opening song uh which is the, the the title track starts quite slow and then ends up being this massive disco indie banger i think that's really really cool uh there's the third song is called sad man man cave is really really good as well it's like some sort of full band house music remix of a blur song um i i really really enjoyed that as well uh there's a song called driver's side the last song on it is just really cool too it's like a kind of hot chip it's the sort of thing you would have thought hot chip would do if they were maybe slightly cooler people is that a harsh thing to say i think hot chip are well aware that they're not you know kate moss but um it's really good like i i i rate this i rate this band quite highly i've listened to bill murray a lot like a lot a lot a lot a lot because it is a fucking great song um and whilst i think you know that is still my i mean you know i listened to it a lot before i listened to the ep so you know when it came in i was like ah something familiar i like that i think this ep is really cool a very nice way to spend 15 minutes of your time and i really genuinely think i mean even if you won't give it 15 minutes listen to bill murray it's if you like kind of lcd sound system hot chip um i guess like remixes of think tank era blur or 13 era blur uh or pulp or do you know what i mean like that kind of more danceable brit pop uh, I think you'll like this. I think you will like this. It's dead good. Um, so there you go. Fountain of Youth by Adult DVD. Right. This is actually, it's been an hour, isn't it? I've got through an hour and none of us are annoyed. 
Is that true? I hope it is. Um, all right. I'm going to end the podcast by doing what won the vote over on our Twitter page. Follow us on Twitter. Give us a little shout out on Twitter if you like. Um, and we put, uh, all right, I put a poll up to see if you wanted us to review Sleep Token or Kesha. Now, I've listened to Kesha and I was going to review Kesha. But what with circumstances happening the way in which that they happened, I just want to get this week's show done. So we probably will do Kesha. Uh, me and whoever comes in uh, will probably do Kesha at some point. Um, for the record, it's very different to Kesha. It doesn't sound like Kesha. Uh, it's quite a quiet and subdued record. Um, that's not what I normally associate with Kesha's music with. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. So I don't really want to get into it here alone on my own because you know those of you who know about her court uh, situation and blah 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 will know anyway uh it didn't win but what did win was take me back to eden by sleep token the third album from the mysterious and mysteriously popular pop metal band that's what i'm calling them the follow-up to their 2021 album this place will become your tomb um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this band. Anyone? I don't know if anyone. I sort of Googled them. You can't really find much about them on the internet, unfortunately. No, of course. Uh, that's complete bollocks. Of course they do. No one can shut up about them at the moment. So this went to number three on the UK album chart. Their fans went batshit at Anthony Fantano for not liking it. Uh, they have just announced a sold. Well, I'll say it's, it will sell out. Look at me jumping the gun. It probably, by the time you hear this, it probably will be sold out. They've announced a date at Wembley Arena, which is mad because I got uh, invited to see this band in 2018 at the, was the Boston Music Room or something, which holds about 300 people. And that's five years ago. And that was before they had an album out, I believe. And now they're headlining Wembley Arena. That is pretty mad. That is very, very impressive now those of you who remember previous reviews that i've done of their albums when this podcast uh hadn't morphed into riot act remember that good that wasn't it those were the days um i reviewed this band and i didn't really get it particularly i thought it all sounded a bit weak considering in my head you go because when you go they're a metal band you kind of expect to hear like a metal band but i thought it was it was not that. And I just didn't think the songs were that strong. So I can't say I was particularly excited about um, listening to this record. I probably wouldn't have listened to it, to be perfectly honest. But then also, I like to know what is going on and what all the fuss is about. So maybe I would have got around to it at the end. But, you know, uh, here we are. And I think, to be fair, there is quite a lot to talk about with this. Um, and I've seen a lot of things read a lot of reviews seen a lot, a lot of things that people said online and i wanted to do that because i wanted to be able to kind of come at this record from a different angle so i'm going to try and do that now like i say i tried to find out what the gist was the gist i don't know it's not a word uh what was going on with this record and so i read a lot of reviews i also listened to Another podcast that uh, you may have heard of, the That's Not Metal review of this. Hello, guys, if you're listening. Um, 
and now steady before you think i'm going to kick off you know i'm not i'm not going to do that i'm going to say i thought it was very good i thought it was very well thought through i thought it came at that review from a very metal centric perspective which is fine which absolutely makes sense and i think a lot of the points that were made about what it says about metal and what it brings to metal and how it kind of relates to metal in a broader sense uh and i guess as well what that says about heavy metal as a subgenre of music and i guess the hopes for people in metal and the the fears for people in metal as well i think all of those things were discussed and very well thought out and very well argued you know for and against mostly against to be fair but that's fine um but i thought it was good i thought it was an interesting perspective and one of the things that parents said on that review is that uh, you know i don't like drake uh and or whoever right and that's fine obviously um and so you know i'm not going to come at it from that perspective well i mean i'm not saying i like drake but this is a pop music podcast this isn't a metal podcast this is it's in the name everyone it's in the name lest we forget it's in the name and this is a pop music podcast and most of my free time is spent listening to pop music these days when i when i have some spare time to myself and i'm allowed to listen to wherever i feel like listening to when i'm not when i'm doing it for the sheer love of listening to music chances are i probably will put some sort of pop adjacent music on right and i don't care how fucking lame you think that is i don't give a shit really that is the truth that is the truth of the matter um or it'll be sick of it all and so i i don't, I don't like drake but i do like the 1975 and i do like the weekend and coming it from it from that perspective as opposed to coming from it from a metal perspective let me tell you right now sleep token are a much better metal band than they are a pop band and i think for them to be so beloved in quote-unquote metal circles is probably a good thing for them because i'm not sure they're going to cross over into pop fans at all and i'll tell you for why because that thing like is it good for metal that conversation and honestly like i'm i'm not being sarcastic at all if you want to know what how it what it relates to metal go and listen to the that's on that review because i think they do cover that perfectly and there was something that somebody said towards the end of that review one of the people on their facebook page and they said this is not a pop album for metal fans this is a metal album for pop fans now that is not true this is not winning over anyone who likes Charlie XCX, Charlie XCX or F Creator X. Not a chance. Trust me. Not a chance. Essentially, I think the particular style of pop music that Sleep Token bring to their music and the popularity of it is sort of where I checked out on pop music. And I've said it a lot over the last few months. It's become a bit of a kind of, you know, a mantra, a motto of mine, right? I want my rock and my hardcore and my metal to be gritty and wild and I guess kind of relatable, you know, whereas I want my pop music to be 
aspirational and bigger than me and you know kind of gloriously over the top now when i was growing up and getting into music duran duran depeche mode pet shop boys michael jackson madonna that shit felt massive and it was fun it was unashamedly absurdly massively ott fun i think even in the 90s even when i was listening to sepulcher and machine head i couldn't deny that the backstreet boys and take that were fun and then there's that period where i feel kind of indie guitar music was overtaken as the cool thing by rihanna or Beyonce, or Scissor Sisters, or Katy Perry, or Lady Gaga, or even a few One Direction songs. All that good stuff, right? It was fun. Girls Aloud. It was fun. Pop music is meant to be fun. And then X Factor happened. And suddenly it was like, oh, we have to try and be taken seriously as artists. In the 2010s, it all got introverted and dull and grey. And yes, Adele's got an amazing voice, but fuck me, it's a slog. Early Sam Smith, morbid. Ed Sheeran, the Ed Sheeranization of popular music. It sucked. That whole thing of, oh, it's quiet and it's introspective, so it must be serious and it must be high art. No, that's when I was like, fuck this, right? Fuck this music, nah. And that's when I basically sort of stopped listening to any kind of pop music for quite a long time and you know what it's not really there so much anymore when you think of the popular artists in pop music you know hyper pop which is again something i've been speaking about kind of coexisted alongside in the underground existed alongside all of these quite moribund pop bands uh, who were massive and they took the form of the pop that I was talking about that I liked and distorted it into something which I find equally as difficult to get my head around. You know, I'm, I, I've been very, very open to say like, you know, some of the early stuff from Charlie XCX, you know, like Vroom Vroom and that, it's like, oh, I, well, I'm not really sure about that shit. You know, I don't really know if I get that. Hearing 100 Gex and being like, oh, I'm not really sure. But it's taken its time to kind of align itself into the mainstream. But it is here now. Rosalia, hundred new hundred gex, Rina Sawayama, the latest Charlie XCX stuff, Blackpink, Lizzo, the new Sam Smith stuff. The new Sam Smith stuff, the best stuff that Sam Smith does now is the the big mad wild dress up stuff. You know, they're not they're not just someone in a, a sensible jumper anymore. They're wearing corsets on stage and going fucking mad. And mate. I am here for it. I am so fucking here for it. It's great. Being moribund and serious is out. Thank fuck for that. Thank fucking fuck for that, right? I've got a mate, my mate Stu, and his, his kid is currently going into year 10. And I said to him like, oh, you know, oh, what, what music do you like? And look, this is a fucking size sample of one person. And so, you know, let's not, let's not, make the assumption that this is completely what it's like forever for or whatever you know what i mean but he's like oh my friends like foo fighters and 
uh mentioned a couple of other rock bands i mean actually he's because his dad is so into like pennywise and stuff he likes a couple of punk bands but he said oh my friends are into like foo fighters and white stripes and da, da, da. but then also we really like and then reeled off a load of stuff that i was like i don't even know what that is and then went and it was all like mad fucking loopy eight bit hyper pop shit right and i was like oh fuck like that's what people like that is what young people like now. This fucking moribund, you know, it's going to appeal to your aunt or people who watch Britain's Got Talent. Sure. But to me, Sleep Token bringing riffs to that style of pop is just... I mean, it's only a very, very small amount of people, incredibly brilliantly talented amount of people who are making that music and are doing it well at the moment. I mean, Sleep Token... you. You do not want to go up against The Weeknd or Billie Eilish. Like, lads, you do not want that. Because those are two artists who write world-class songs. World-class. Generation-defining, singular, all-time legendary artists. That is what those two are going to be thought of. And you're kind of trying to do the thing that they do. And you can kind of do it for a bit. But their songs are like two and a half, three, four. Like with The Weeknd, maybe occasionally five minutes tops. And full of hooks and weird ideas and personality and quality songwriting and they're established and they make the kind of memorable songwriting that i just don't think sleep token are currently doing sleep token songs are fucking long they are fucking too long to translate to a pop audience they, they just are they're padded out with bits that are catchy as fuck and they're padded out with bits that aren't um i just don't think they grab you and grab you for long enough unless they're doing the metal stuff and i think metal will forgive a multitude of sins it will let you do meshuggah worship for fucking 20 years after meshuggah perfected that thing right it doesn't mind i think pop music minds i think the pop scene would be like we we don't need any more of you we don't whereas metal is like you're the same great come on in um and i just as well for people saying that it's original i mean haven't we seen metal and pop be merged plenty of times by bring me the horizon in the last decade i mean doesn't scene queen do this exact thing metal and pop except instead of gent a 15 year old genre and mopey pop that peaked in 2016 She's using a now revived new metal. I know new metal, but new metal kind of never goes out. Of, I say never goes out of style. It's kind of very much come back into style. And hyper pop. That's much more current, isn't it? Surely. Surely that's much more current what Scene Queen is doing than what Sleep Token are doing. Um, so I think it's a weird thing. I mean, that surely to me feels like it's much more likely to cross over to people like modern pop. But hey, what do I know? I mean, it's certainly less likely to cross over to people who like metal. But... I don't know, it's, it's a different one. I mean, Rebecca Black is a massive pop star. And we reviewed the Rebecca Black album that came out earlier this year. And everything that Sleep Token do on this album, she did over the course of one song on her last record. Let's not pretend like pop artists haven't already had a go at doing this and are already doing this. So I think the idea that Sleep Token are not a metal band... I. I kind of don't feel like Sleep Token are a metal band, particularly. They're not a quote-unquote metal band. I don't really know what they are. 
um, it's weird because I don't think they're a metal band, but I also don't think they're particularly original. And I don't think they're a pop band either. I don't really know. I don't think, I don't think they're good enough to be considered a pop band. I don't think they write good enough pop songs to be considered a pop band. So I guess by default, that makes them a metal band, right? Um, and I know that ultimately, none of this really matters. I think that's the thing, is that ultimately, none of this really matters. Because a load of people have already decided that they love the aesthetic, fine. That they love the look, that they love the whole ethos around Sleep Token. And that they like the music as well. But I would suggest to those people, you may be saying that Sleep Token write good metal, like, you know, fine. I would suggest you saying they write good pop songs. I don't think maybe you're listening to that much pop music. But ultimately, like I say, is this any good? Regardless of what genre or who it appeals to, is this any good? Um, for everything I've just said, I think this album is okay. Its flaws is that it's comfortably, it's way too long. It's way too long. I don't think you can do this for this amount of time without being really, really great songwriters and genuinely expect people to have their attention held by it. I just, I just don't see it. I mean, for example, um, so Dawn FM by the weekend is one hour and 20 minutes long, right? It's a long album. It's a long album. That. Um, in fact, actually, no, the, the, that's the extended version. It's 51 minutes and 49 seconds long. 51 minutes. Uh, Sleep Tokens album, um, what's this called? Take Me Back to Eden, is one hour and three minutes. It's 12 minutes longer than The Weeknd's album. Lads. Nah. You, you, like, you, 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 you're, not, you're not doing yourselves any favours. I know that like metal bands like to do long, progressively minded songs and blah, 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 blah. But if you're going to play this music, you need to get in and get out. You just do. You just fucking do. I think Chokehold, the open song, is pretty good. It's quite epic sounding. It's quite catchy. I was like, oh, this is all right. It is all right. I think the summoning is really good. I think the, the shout that it sounds like I've seen the Butcher by Deftones is, I mean, you fucking wholesale nick that. And that is a good riff. And, you know, if you're going to nick a riff, nick a good riff. Yeah, fair enough. But do something with it as well. Like, do something good with it as well. Don't just nick it and go, like, oh, we nicked it. Give it a new hook. Like, put a new fucking vocal hook with it or something. Do something else with it as well. Uh, the last 90 seconds of that song is really good. Really, really good. That bit where they sound at the weekend. But again, obviously, it's not as good. <laughs> so, it's not as good as the weekend, clearly. Uh, but it's all right. And it is pretty good i suppose i think start um of granite is dead good as well i think that's pretty catchy it's got a nice bass throb to it which i really appreciate and you know at this point i was like you know this is good as well um aqua regia which is not heavy and nothing to do with metal whatsoever but it is quite good it does threaten to get a little bit love island music but it's almost like love island when they break up with each other you know someone gets dumped it's like break up Love Island music. But, you know, nice piano on it. Fine. Um, nice to be heavy when Vore comes in as well. Because it had been quite quiet for a while. And it did make me realise that 
I actually wanted a bit of heaviness from this album. I kind of wanted the dynamics to be really dynamic. Like I say, Dawn of Him of the Weekend, it never gets riffy, but it's way more dynamic than this record. And it's only really pulling from, I mean, it's actually pulling from quite a lot of genres, but it's not pulling from two such extreme genres as, you know, quiet pop and gent. And so you think like, it should be more dynamic, this record. And it's disappointing when you compare it to things that, you know, if you're really, if Steve Bergen really want to be really big, then that's the sort of thing that they need to be matching and, and they, they just don't. And I, I did want, you know, one minute and 10 seconds of a big riff. Like it was, it was good to hear that. And I would like to hear more of it, even though I mean, the most amazing gent band or whatever, it's not super technical, but it makes your head bob along fine. And then it just gets a bit dreary. Ascensionism doesn't really go anywhere over seven minutes. Are you really okay? It just goes on forever. And I just think it runs out of steam. And it's just not fun. It's just not fun. I think, I'm not saying that, like, it has to be fun. But I do think that, like, if you're playing with these super melodic parts, you either need to get in and get out, or you need to be fun or fuck off. Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't hold my attention for a long enough amount of time. It starts quite well. I think it sort of runs out of ideas. And, I mean, that's what is the most comfortably metal thing about them is they don't know when to stop wanking themselves off. And if you're going to appeal to pop fans, then you just got half the fucking length of it. All those other great pop albums that we've reviewed on this show are usually less than 40 minutes long. And they know they have to get in, smack you on the face, you know, usually with a big Diamante dildo, and then get the fuck out. A sleep token are not going to cross over to those people. They're not. They're just not. They're not going to cross over to those people. And to be fair to them, they don't need to. They're playing Wembley. They're playing Wembley Arena. That, that They can survive with a metal crowd who want something a little bit different. I think that's absolutely, I think that's absolutely fine. I think that's absolutely fine. I find it a little bit odd that people would be so furious at the idea of you know any kind of pop artist at all and yet listen to this uh do you really need riffs that badly do you really need just like really fucking fairly bog standard riffs that fucking badly in all of your music to have a good time I think that's a shame. I think it's a shame for you if you feel like that. But then, you know, I don't really have any beef particularly with Sleep Token. I just wanted to give a different sort of perspective as to the other side of the thing they're doing. Because I've heard a lot about, oh, it's not heavy enough. And it's not really, is it metal? And does it belong in the world of metal? And da 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 And I thought, okay, well, then let's try and give it a slightly different perspective. And I think, clearly, everybody who likes Sleep Token likes metal everybody who likes sleep token who likes metal i would be stunned if there are any or many fans of pop music who have heard them and gone oh i don't normally listen to metal but i'm going to listen to this i just don't i just don't see it i just really really don't see it that doesn't make them a bad band but it does make them um a band who frankly i'm not really that interested in just not really that interested in this sorry uh i got rebecca black um 
and I got Tesseract. Get out on tour together, you two. You heard me. Anyway, um, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Go over to patreon.com forward slash truecoppop. I hope that wasn't too much of an ordeal. I uh, probably won't do this monologuing thing too much again because I really want a sip of water. Do you mind if I have a sip of water? I hope you don't mind. There we go. That wasn't too painful to listen to, was it? But yeah, I really want a sip of water and um, just, you know, it's a bloody thing. Um, just me and it, just me and my daft voice. But anyway, that's it. Thanks very much. Um, you know, there'll be more stuff. It'll be Sam's uh, last podcast will be up um, on our Patreon page from tomorrow. If you're listening to this podcast, that comes out. And um, if you do see Sam, give him a... Uh, Give him a little fist bump and tell him what a good job he did throughout his time here and um, how much you appreciated him. And I want you to know, Sam, how much I appreciate you. And it's been lovely. And um, I mean, it has led to this quite awkward podcast, but uh, that's not your fault. So thanks very much, mate. Um, always welcome back. That's the phone ahead. And uh, we'll, for the rest of you, We'll see you next week. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good one.